Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Now, I'm going to minister on something today that I hadn't intended to. Pastor Angela touched on a lot of these things on Wednesday night. Uh, for those of you who weren't here, and, and most of you weren't, at least in the auditorium Wednesday night. Uh, I ministered on this subject in California, excuse me, <coughs> in the Bible school. And I ministered on the subject of overcoming sin. And when people ask me, Pastor Nancy, different ones after the class, what did you minister on this morning? I, I told them, they t- oh, really? You know, well, it's an unusual topic for Bible school, but I don't think it was because I've been to Bible school. <laughs> and, uh, and I know I've talked about some of these things lately, but, but I also know that, that none of us get what we need the first time we hear anything or the second or third time necessarily. We have to hear the word over and over. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. And revelation comes by hearing and hearing. Understanding comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. And uh, we, we receive enlightenment and it helps us, but then, like I preached on uh, not too long ago, he who hears to him more will be given. That's because more needs to be given. We don't hear it all the first time. We need to hear more and more. And so what I want to talk about this morning is overcoming sin in your life once and for all. I don't mean by that that you're going to pass into a, a place or a zone in, or an or a experience in your life where you never get tripped up again and you never do wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is what the book of Hebrews was referring to when he said, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. I know Christians struggle with these easily besetting sins, these these repetitive areas in your life where you continually miss it over and over and over again. Habits get established. A lot of times that you know aren't right and you have a repentant heart, you want to do better, but you find yourself right back at the same place again. And I'm telling you, there is victory for that. There is a way out of that. There's a way free from that. And uh, we're talking about the blood of Jesus, so let's tie this in this morning. Uh, Let's go over to 1 John. 1 John Verse number, chapter one, verse number seven. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, I just thank the Lord so much that I get revelation while I'm preaching. (laughs) I read a verse like I did just now while I'm getting ready to say something to you that I intended to say something, the Holy Ghost says something to me out of that verse, I'm thank thank you, Lord. That sounds good, I'll preach that. (laughs) If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another 
And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. This is talking about walking in fellowship with the Lord. It's also, this is what I just saw right now, it's also talking about walking in the light of the word. I, uh, I preached on this in the Bible school. I came back for a couple of three days and then I left to go to Randy Greer's meeting in Pensacola. And I went out to eat uh, with Brother Greer uh, in the afternoons for lunch. And I think the first or second uh, uh, lunch, something came up about the Bible school and there was another pastor there at the, at the lunch table and he said, you know, what did you minister on at, you know, at, at the Bible school? And, and, and I told him, I said, how to overcome sin. And this pastor, he said, he said, so he said, I'm not asking for me, I'm asking for somebody else. <laughs> I'm asking for somebody else, you understand. But what is the key? <laughs> and we all had a big laugh. <laughs> and the key is walking in the light of the word. The psalmist said it like this. He said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It matters how much word you have on the inside of you. And there is word that you can, there's, there is the word of God that you can put in your heart specifically about vict victory over sin. Amen. Now, verse number eight says, if we, have no, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There are people today who say, well, you know, Jesus has put away all my sins, so I don't have any sin. Well, uh, if you're still sinning, you do. <laughs> See, there are people today that teach it doesn't matter what you do. Jesus has already put away sin. He's already, he's already forgiven all sin, so it doesn't matter what I do. I'm already forgiven. I don't have sin. No, well, he said you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. If we say, verse 10, we have not sinned, that is, when you sin, <laughs> if you say you haven't sinned, you make him a liar and his word isn't in you. It goes back to the word. What does the word say? We know that verse nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know that when we sin, we can immediately ask forgiveness and really don't even have to ask forgiveness, just confess the sin. He didn't say ask to be forgiven. He said if we confess our sin. And that's one thing that this, that this uh, uh, phony grace message uh, preempts anybody from confessing their sin. He said confess your sin. And he would be faithful and just, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you but there's more power. There's more power to stop repeating those things. Okay, go with me then to the sixth chapter of, of Romans. And like I said, Pastor Angela taught on this somewhat, actually taught on it extensively Wednesday night and it was very good. And, uh, and I just want to add to what she was saying. 
And uh, because I tell you what, there is victory for you. There is victory for you. Uh, Eleven forty-one. <laughs> there is victory for you, and uh, we'll pick up on this because this is important. In Romans six, verse number six, we'll just cut right to it real quick. Knowing this, now this is something you have to know. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. This happened. This has to do with the death burial, resurrection of Christ that we participated in. The blood of Jesus cleansed us when we were born again from sin, made us a new creation in Christ, but the Bible says that we were crucified with him. That is the old man you used to be. The man on the inside that was dead in trespasses and sins, like Romans chapter or Ephesians chapter two talks about uh, that you, you also were dead in trespasses and sins. That man was crucified with Christ. He died on the cross. He was buried, and he's never coming back. He's never coming back. In his place, God created a new man, the new creation. Is a, is a totally new, you're a totally new person on the inside. You aren't even related to the old person. Amen. Now in your mind, you'll still remember things from the old life, but that's just a memory. The person you are in Christ, when you accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, you were born again, you became a brand, you, you, you weren't renovated. You weren't redone, cleaned up, straightened out, and lipstick on the pig. You were New, you became a new person, a brand new person that never existed before. Okay? And that old man's dead. But we still have a body to contend with. Brother Hagen, I remember him, he used to quote uh, an, an older minister, and I don't remember who this, this older man was. I could look it up, but he said there was a minister that he, he liked to read after years ago, and this, and this other uh, aged minister, he said, we all have to admit that there's a beast in all of us. He was talking about the flesh, not in the inward. There's nothing in the inward man. There's nothing in the spirit of the, of the creation, of the, of the new creature in Christ, the Christian. There's nothing in there that's wrong. You're, 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 there's no beast in there. We don't have two natures. We have one nature. It's the nature of God. But, but our flesh has a beast in it. And like the old song says, you can stab it with that steely knife, but you just can't kill it. <laughs> can't kill the beast. Isn't that right? That's not the way you overcome it. You overcome it with the word. Now notice what it said. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, Christ, Notice that the body of sin might be done away with. Now, before we get with, deal with the done away with, let's identify the body of sin. It's talking about the body as controlled by the sin nature. There's still a nature in our, in our, so our bodies have not been redeemed and we're gonna receive a new body. 
at the appearance of Christ. We'll, we, those who are dead in Christ will rise and receive a new body. Those who of us who are alive and remain will be changed. And until that time, our body still has a nature in it that wants to do wrong. It's a, you could call it the sin nature. That's what that's talking about. The body of sin is the sin nature in your flesh. So, so make note of that. We know that our old man was crucified with him so that the result would be, the result of the old man being crucified with Christ, the result is the sin nature of the flesh. Now, the words uh, might be done away with are, are, are very poor. It's a very poor translation. One translation or, or this, this same, let me say it this way, this same word, that's, it's one word that's translated done away with, that word is translated dethroned. Dethroned. Say it like this. The old man that you used to be before you were saved, that man was crucified with Christ the effect of which is the sin nature of the flesh has been dethroned. Amen. Another translation says to render powerless. When you think about something, someone being dethroned, you think about somebody on a throne. You think about a sovereign, some type of, of, uh, of uh, uh, ruling uh, class in a monarchy and someone who is, is on a throne, they're a sovereign, they rule. The old man was crucified with Christ so that the sin nature of the flesh would be taken off the throne in your life. Dethroned, rendered powerless. Now I know for some of you right now you're thinking, Pastor, I've been, around this, I've been around this thing with sin so many times that I'm embarrassed to go to God anymore with it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what this rendered powerless business you're talking about because it surely isn't true in my life. Hold on. It's a matter of understanding what the Bible says and believing it. The sin nature of the flesh was dethroned. It was, it was taken off of its seat. See, before you were saved, you were dead, your inward man was dead in trespasses and sin and, and the sin nature of your flesh dominated you. And there wasn't any way out of it. There wasn't any way free from it. There was nothing you could do about it. But when, when that old man died, was crucified with Christ and that new man was created in his place and put in his place, the, the sin nature of the flesh was taken off the throne. Your inward man is on the throne. The man you are in Christ is on the throne in your life and so you have the power to say no to the flesh because it's been dethroned. It's been robbed of its power. It's been rendered powerless. It's been plucked off that throne. Now let's read the rest of it. That we should no longer be a slave of sin. Before you were saved, you were a slave to sin. You were a slave. You, had, you really didn't have any choice. That's why I don't, I don't buy into this uh, 
over preoccupation with, you know, calling people out, you know, in this world about their sin. They're just sin. They sin because they're sinners. They don't really have much of a choice. I've, now I understand as Christians and uh, the church, we, we should uphold standards of, of right living. I'm not saying we just don't make any comment, but I'm just saying, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't criticize a dog for being a, for barking. You can't criticize a, a pig for going into the slop and wallowing in the mud. He's a pig. <laughs> Isn't that right? So sinners sin. But, but when we were born again, that person we were and, and the flesh reigned supreme because the man on the inside had no power. That person went to the cross with Christ. God put a new man on the inside of you and the, and the, and the sin nature of your flesh, it's still there, but it's been robbed. It's been stripped of its authority. It's been yanked down off the throne that you should no longer be a slave of sin. There's so much more in this verse or, or in this passage that we're gonna get to, but we could stop right here we could stop right here in this verse. And if you believe this, if you just believe this one verse, you will say, I am not a slave to sin. Now you might be thinking about, about uh, whatever it is, wherever it is that the enemy trips you up, where you find yourself over and over again yielding to the same thing, whatever that might be, all through this congregation, everybody's an individual. Whatever that is, you can declare right now your freedom, your freedom from that. I, you can say, I am no longer a slave to that. Call it what it is, name it. I am no longer a slave to that. That's not, that's not mind over matter. That's not wishful thinking. That's not even necessarily a positive confession. That's a fact. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, it's not a fact in my life. You just hold on, it will be. You just hold on, it will be. I'm telling you, it will be if you'll get a hold of this so that sin no longer can have dominion over you, so that you are no longer a slave of sin. So you can say that, glory to God, that the sin nature of my flesh, if, I'm telling you, if this one revelation, we'll go into it further in these other verses, but this one verse encapsulates all of it. It'll explain more fully as we go through it. But this one verse tells us uh, uh, the, 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 the main point of it that the sin nature of the flesh has been dealt a mortal blow. That sin nature has been taken off the throne of your life and you are not a slave of sin. Now your habits, your habits might make you a slave. In the Bible, you have to preach the whole counsel of God. There are other verses that say that to whom uh, whoever obeys, that's his master. You become a slave of whoever you obey. That's, that's New Testament too. So through your habits, you might be making yourself a slave, but in God's view and, uh, and, and speaking specifically of what he's done for you, you are not a slave. You're not a slave to that habit. You're not a slave to those, to those uh, outbreaks in your life. You're not a slave. You're not. You're not you are, I'm telling you, you are not. 
Because the, the, the nature of your flesh that keeps tripping you up has been taken off of its place, its seat of authority and, and, and brought down and you rule over it. You know, in the Old Testament, when you remember Cain and Abel, Cain rose up, you know, and, and, uh, and, and uh, killed Abel. But God, God tried to help him before that happened. Go over to Genesis chapter four. Genesis chapter four. Verse number three, it came to pass in the, in, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Just because you bring an offering doesn't mean God respects it. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, he was trying to help him, he said, why are you angry? And why has your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? See, God didn't accept his sacrifice, but he could have changed his sacrifice. He said, if you do well, well, will you not be accepted? Now notice the rest of this. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. That word in the Hebrew could be translated crouches. Sin crouches like a, if you can, if you can think of a tiger crouching, just ready to pounce. He said, if you do not do well, sin crouches at the door and its desire is for you, toward you, but you should rule over it. You should rule over it. I have good news for you. You can rule over it. You can rule over sin. You can rule over it. Hallelujah. You can. You can rule over it. Because it has been dethroned. It has that problem in your life that sin, and we call it problem, sin, that sin in your life has been dethroned. Oh, glory to God. And you are no longer a slave to it. Hallelujah. Oh, one of these days, we're just gonna keep on going. <laughs> Don't worry, today's not the day. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Keep them wondering. <laughs> oh, praise God. For he who has died has been freed from sin. He who has died has been freed. Have you ever seen any dead men in committing a lot of sin? How much sin do dead men commit anyway? <laughs> no? He who has died has been freed from sin. Well, did, did you die with Christ? Did you die to sin? Yeah. Notice what it's, we'll jump down here. For the death that he died, that Christ died, he died to sin once for all. 
Likewise, you also, verse 11, reckon, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. See, what happened to him happened to you. So you can say this, faced, and, and get up every morning saying this. Say, I died to sin once for all. I died to sin once for all. Dead to it. I'm dead to it. I'm dead to it. I'm dead to it. See, this again, if you just try to persuade yourself, that, that's why I wanna, I wanna catch myself here. Getting up every morning or during the day saying these things will not have the effect they need to have until they become real. To become, until you see it in your spirit, have revelation of it. When you have revelation of this, you will say it because you absolutely know it's true. It, it, it will not be a confession unto faith. It will be the confession of faith. It's okay to confess unto faith, but the aim is to get to the place where it's a confession coming from your faith as a result of your faith, the outflow of what you know and believe in your heart, you say with your mouth. And, and when you see that the sin nature of your flesh, that beast, has been dethroned, he's been rendered powerless, no, it's still there. Don't, don't, and, if, and if you entertain it, it it'll, it'll show itself. If you entertain it, if you mess with it, oh yeah, you'll see it's there. But it doesn't have the right, it doesn't have the sovereignty to just rule over you if you, if you realize you've been freed from it. Amen. Knowing that this, that this sin nature of the flesh has been dethroned and that you are no longer a slave of sin because you died to it. Right. You died to it. Just as much as Je when Jesus died, he died to sin once for all. And the life that he lives, that verse says, he lives unto God. Now, says in verse 11, likewise you also reckon yourselves, or King James says consider yourself, I think, however it says that, dead indeed to sin. Weist translation, I love Weist translation here. It says, be constantly counting on the fact that you yourself are dead indeed to sin. Be constantly counting on the fact. The reason you can constantly count on it is because it's a fact. It's a fact. How, well, I don't feel like I'm dead to sin. Well, do you feel like Jesus died to sin once and for all? Yeah, it says so. Well, if you believe he did, then you believe you did. We died with him. We were crucified with him. We died with him. And with the death that we died, we died to sin. Once and for all. And the life that we live, we live unto God. When this becomes real in you, when it becomes real, and this is what I was trying to get across to the Bible students, when this becomes real in you, yeah, you'll still be tempted but you'll, you'll start out from this, from this point not trying to just overcome temptation. You'll start out before temptation comes 
before temptation even starts knocking on your door, you'll have this reality in your life that I died to those things. Before, before the thing even arises, before the temptation even comes to your mind or presents itself to you, it's alive on the inside of you that all of those things, you are dead to them. They've been taken off the place of authority in your life. They've been subdued, glory to God, by the blood of Jesus and you are free. Sin will not. It goes on to say uh, death no longer has dominion over him. Verse nine, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Well, the death that he died, he died unto sin. So sin no longer has any dominion. When Jesus was on the cross, he became sin for us. Sin took dominion over him on the cross, but then he died. Glory to God. And he suffered the consequences and the penalty of that sin. And God raised him from the dead. You think when he, when he was raised from the dead, he was troubled anymore? With the things that, that, that he dealt with on the cross? No, he, he rose up completely victorious over it. To death, sin, darkness, the things of this world have no dominion over him or you. Or me. They have no place. Oh, glory to God. I'm alive to God. That ought to be, that ought to be something that's really real on the inside. I'm alive unto God. I'm not alive to sin. I'm alive unto God. I can say this right. It's not a matter of trying to convince yourself mentally, mentally. It's a matter of seeing it as truth. Seeing it as the truth. When you see it as truth. When you see it. And, the, and, and you have to say it a lot of times to see it. You'll have to feed on this. You'll have to meditate on this. You'll have to ponder this and turn it over and over on the inside of you. Reflect on it. Talk it to yourself. Speak it. Let the Spirit of God bring the reality of this to your inward man so that, so that you see it, just as, so that you're just as aware of it and convinced of it and it's just as real in you as the new birth itself. It's just as real as your salvation. You know it just as well as you know that you're saved, that you're born again. You know it just that completely and to totally. That you died to that and, and then that nature of your flesh cannot dominate you anymore. You've been delivered from it. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. There's a little bit more left here, but we'll just save it to another, for another time. Hallelujah. I like verse seven. He who has died has been freed from sin. And verse 18, having been set free from sin. And verse 22, but now having been set free from sin. <laughs> Are you getting the message? You've been set free from sin. <laughs> You've been set free from sin. You've been set free from it. Hallelujah. You've been, you've been set free from the, from the allure of it. From the attraction. From the attraction to it. See, a lot of times that's the problem. We want to do right, but I heard, I heard 
I think it was Brother Copeland. Yeah, it was Kenneth Copeland. He said one time when his son was young, he said, Daddy, he said, why does it only feel bad afterwards? <laughs> after I sin, before I feel good about it, I want to do it, but afterwards I feel bad. Why, why can't I feel bad before I do it? <laughs> See, there's that, there's that attraction. Well, that attraction, though, is in the flesh. That attraction is part of that sin nature. So that attraction has been dethroned. The only reason it's on the throne is because you put it there or you allow it to be there. And you allow it to be there by what you feed on. But if you feed on this instead of that, it'll come off the throne and this will go on the throne. This reality will go on the throne. Amen. And I don't, I don't, I don't care what your little hang up is. Hang up no more. Hung up no more. Controlled and dominated and ruled by this thing no more. Gossiping shall not have dominion over you. Pornography shall not have dominion over you. Anger shall not have dominion over you. The reality is it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Bad attitude doesn't have dominion over you. You are not a slave to a nasty disposition. <laughs> you are not a slave to temper. You're not a slave to jealousy. I've been jealous all my life. I come from a long line of jealous people. Well, you are not a slave to it. You are not a slave to it because of the finished work of Jesus. This isn't something you have to do. This is something that is. This is truth. You are not a slave to, to your temper. You are not a slave. You're not. You are not a slave to lying. You're not. God said you weren't. And when you believe this, in your heart. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. I'm trying to stop here, but you won't let me. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.